The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, best-selling author Lisa Turkhurst woke up in excruciating pain, was rushed to the hospital and into emergency surgery. Had God answered that prayer, had God taken away the pain, I would not have stayed at the hospital. Had God taken away the pain, I would have never made it until Friday to consult with that surgeon. Had God taken away the pain, I would have never let the surgeon cut me open. And if it weren't for the pain, I would not have lived. Guest. Well, I'm James, and this is Betty, and we have Lisa Turkhurst with us. Are you glad Lisa's with us today? <laughs> We're going to get to say hi to her in a minute. Okay, you're invited. The title of her book is Uninvited, but you're invited. <laughs> and Living Loved When You Feel Less Than Left Out and Lonely, Lisa. Now, she was coming here several weeks ago, and we had a tremendous group of people planning to be here to see her. And I mean, with almost no time notice, it's like less than 24 hours, I can't come. And she's still trying to come, but she's a very sick uh, lady. And the, she's trying to come, and the doctor is basically saying, you're not going. And it's a good thing she didn't. Well, we're glad you're here. Would you just give her a real good welcome? Because it is, in some ways, maybe it's a miracle you're here. It just actually could be. So tell us why in the world we got this call that it was like, oh, just suddenly I don't feel good, but kind of take us beyond the not feeling so good. What happened? Well, I had been, I mean, I'm a very healthy person, so I'd been feeling just fine and had my week schedule all planned out and was excited. I returned home from a trip on a Sunday evening and then woke up on Monday morning at 5 a.m. in excruciating pain. Um, it wasn't just, I don't feel good. I, I looked at my husband and said, I think I'm dying. I, I don't know what's happening to me, but something is really wrong. And I never like to go to the doctor. I really don't. So when, my when I told my husband, take me to the hospital, he knew something was really, really wrong. Um, so over the course of several days, the doctors tried to figure out what was happening to me. I went from feeling in it, just being in excruciating pain to really not doing well at all, wound up in intensive care and um, they were frantically trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Finally, on Friday, so it took almost a whole week, they, and by the way, they were giving you really heavy drugs and medication because the pain was so excruciating, but they couldn't seem to ever stem it. Is that correct? Right. It just would not stop. It would not stop. And it, it, was, it was intense. I've had three babies. I have five kids, two adopted, but three biological. So I know what pain is, but this was on another level, <laughs> truly. And um, so 
Long story short, finally on Friday, they consulted a surgeon and praise God for this surgeon. I just, I think that he was just sent, I know he was sent by God, but he ran a very specific type of CAT scan with um, contrast. And when uh, he got the results back, he was in my room already having prepped the OR, telling me I was about to have major surgery. And I said, well, if I'm gonna have that major surgery, you know, I need to get, like, I need to get a team of doctors in here and we need to talk about this. And he said, you won't make it. Mm. He said, we, we are surprised that, that you have made it this far. And so long story short, what happened- By the way, had the pain stopped and you left, mm. you might not have made it, right? That's right. So pain really became a friend. It did, and, it, and pain was the very thing I was begging God to take away. Mm. I was begging God to take away the pain. And I thought, God, if you'll just take away the pain, then I can think logically and I can interact with the doctors and I, I won't be so uh, bound to the staying in the hospital. You know, I could, I could go home and we could, we could research this, you know, on the internet and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but had God answered that prayer, had God taken away the pain, I would not have stayed at the hospital. Had God taken away the pain, I would have never made it until Friday to consult with that surgeon. Had God taken away the pain, I would have never let the surgeon cut me open. And if it weren't for the pain, I would not have lived. What did they find or can you go into that detail? Yeah, so um, it's a very strange thing, um, kind of unexplainably, the right side of my colon. So your colon sits inside like this, it's your large intestine, not the small intestine, but the large one. So it sits like a U and um, it kind of frames the small intestine. So the right side of, of the colon ripped away from the abdominal wall, flipped over to the left side, wrapped around the left side, wow. cut off the blood flow and um, started expanding and that's what happens if something gets the blood flow cut off, you know, it fills with fluid and air and everything. So it started expanding and, and by Monday, I looked like I look now, but by Friday, I looked like I was about eight months pregnant. And uh, when the surgeon went in, the mass that he removed was literally this big. It was, it was amazing. It, it, it had, it had displaced all of my organs. So he had to not only remove most of all of the colon on this side, um, and so in, in the middle, but um, it had displaced so much, he had to literally staple me back in place. And um, so it was pretty major. It's a miracle you're sitting here. It is. Indeed, God be the glory. Thank you, Lord. All right, I want you to, and we're gonna take not only this program, but we're gonna do another program. I wanna talk about this. I, I, I want you to just sort of lead us from there toward where you want us to go and the things that you want us to know that God has put on your heart to share because you are already in the process of completing and getting ready for this to be launched. We were gonna talk about it. That's right. And the book is out now. So yes. that just tell us how we transition from where you were where you are and what you really believe God wants us to hear and people watching all over the world to hear in their homes or wherever they are. Well, I'll say with the message of uninvited, um, never has writing a book cost me more than the writing of this message. I, I had two pastors call me and say, 
the devil himself is trying to kill you. And, and I do believe that. And I, I think it's because the devil is vicious, but he knows he's not victorious. And he is on an all out assault against everything sacred and pure and loving and kind and good. He is on an all out assault. And so when I started writing Uninvited, I thought I was just simply going to write a book about rejection, tackle this topic of rejection. But the flip side of rejection is deep acceptance and love. And the deep acceptance and love of God is the very thing that the enemy never wants us to get. If he can keep us from that, then he can render us ineffective with the power of Christ. You know, we, we won't attach the power of Christ to our everyday life. We'll be rendered ineffective. It will still be saved. We'll still be going to Bible study. We'll, we'll still be, you know, quoting verses and all of that. But if we do not understand the depth of God's love and acceptance, then we'll run around trying to perform and try to be good enough for God. All the while, God is into the slower rhythms of life, like abiding, resting, just being with him. And God's love is not based on us. It is simply placed on us. <laughs> and it's the place from Say which again, we should live. It's not live. based on us, it's, it's placed on us. That's right. And it's the place from which we should live. And I'm telling you, if we woke up every day fully aware of God's incredible love for us, how different would we be? Well, don't you feel like a lot of people experience rejection in their lives? Yes. I know I did growing up and, and not, fe not feeling that I was important enough to anybody, that's you know, right. and that's, that's a ploy of the enemy it to is keep an, you down. It is an absolute ploy of the enemy because I can tell you, Betty, that before you were anything, God had a thought of Betty in his mm -hmm. mind and God so very much loved even the thought of you that his heart exploded with joy and purpose and plans for you. You, you weren't even a baby yet. <laughs> and just the very thought of you, God just fell completely in love with you. And that love compelled him to write a story called Betty. And it is amazing and beautiful and worthy. And that's the very thing that Satan wants to keep us from, each one of us. And he, and he wants that for me too. You know, you'd be looking at old James over here, you know, the kid, <laughs> I just say, you know, I wasn't even a thought. My mother was raped. She didn't plan to have a child. She'd never had a child. She gets raped when she's 40 and conceives me, oh boy. And she tried to have me aborted and the doctor wouldn't do it. So the fact is, God was loving this little unplanned for boy. That's right. He, he, he saw something in me. And really and truly, I look at myself through my whole life and I can find so many reasons. God, you, you know, when he called me to preach, I said, you picked the bottom of the barrel. What are you going to call me for? I can think of a lot of people you should have called. But he loves me. I mean, the thing about it, he's crazy about it. Sometimes I don't like myself. He's crazy about me. And I believe that not only is he crazy about you, but he handpicked you. Like when you were overlooked by everyone else. And boy, was I ever. You were handpicked mm -hmm. by God. <laughs> and, and I truly think that God loves, in God's economy, things are always opposite. Big is small, small is big, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just the way God works. So of course he would pick you. 
overlooked by everyone else. See, this is what I heard the night God called me to go forward. I was too shy to go forward. I'm holding on to the chair in front of me and the pastor's wife comes to me weeping and says, don't you want to go to Jesus? I said, yes, but I'm afraid. And she said, I'll go with you. But here's what I was standing there hearing. I remembered all the times that we would, we moved 17 times in 10 years. So nobody knew me. And when they picked teams to play, I never got picked. Mm. I would be the kid that would just walk home while they played. And I would cry. And the night God's dealing with me, he said, I pick you. Mm -hmm. In the night he called me to preach, baby, you remember? Mm -hmm. I call you, I pick you. So man, this is important. I wish everybody could hear what you were just saying, that he chooses you. He, he, He chooses you. He's picked you. If people could get that, Lisa. That's right. And I mean, it's just simply the truth. And you know, um, every single one of those nights where you walked home crying because you weren't picked for the sports team, Mm -hmm. you know, in those moments, I can so clearly picture it because I know what that feels like. Every one of us knows what that feels like. And that was one of God's greatest things that he took and said, really? Satan meant that for evil, but oh, James, I'm going to use it for such good because you are not set aside. You are set apart for a high and holy calling. And the vast majority of your audience, they may never know what it feels like to be picked by a sports team, but they will know what it feels like to walk home crying, feeling rejected. So I have set you apart and I'm weaving this message in you that you will preach and teach and change the world because of the tenderness, not because of the victories and successes of your life, but because the tenderness of what just happened to you. Because everybody relates to our failures. Very few people relate to our successes. Thank you, Lisa. I take that on as a message to me, but a message to all of you. Do you appreciate what you said? Do you understand the importance of it? Did you did you ever feel in some way rejected? I mean, have some kind of a moment where that really hit you? Well, I, I remember as a small child, one of my very earliest memories was of um, my dad, my biological father. I so desperately wanted him to love me, wanted him to notice me, wanted him to affirm me. I think deep down in our heart, we are, we are born with this desperate need for belonging, love and acceptance, affirmation. affirmation. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted from my dad. But my dad had his own set of hurts that he just couldn't quite get over. And because of that, you know, the saying is hurt people hurt people. And he never could give me those words of affirmation that I was so desperate for. So I remember being a a little girl, eight years old, watching my daddy drive away and and feeling as if I had just lost my identity. And, and did he leave the family? Or he, he, left, just... he left the family. At first, he just left us physically, but, um, but he had already been absent emotionally for so long. And so I lost my identity. I, I was desperate to be his daughter. I wanted, I want, I just felt like if he would just acknowledge me and I could just be his daughter, you know, then, then, then everything would fall into place for me. But I lost my identity and I lost that sense of acceptance all in one fail swoop. It was a deep rejection. It was a deep pain. Did it, did it carry on for years? 
until some point that it began to break through, or did you just wait until you started writing this? Right. Well, when I started writing Uninvited, I thought, yeah, you know, God's really dealt with me on that, and, and I think I'm good. Like, I think that the Lord has really taught me everything that I need to know about rejection. And um, over and over and over, I found myself tripping over certain sources of pain in my life where uh, it would it would haunt me all over again. And uh, even in the writing of Uninvited, toward the, the end of the writing process, you go into edits. And so typically a book edit, it's about 200 edits that I get. Well, when I got the edits back for Uninvited, there were 3,000. <laughs> 3,000. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, great, I've written a book on rejection. Now my editor has rejected me. Nearly every word. Yes. And so when you think about there's 3,000 edits, you know, that's a daunting task. And I remember thinking that same script popped back in my head. I'm not good enough. I, I you know, I'm not going to be able to, to do this task that's set before me. My publisher doesn't want me. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's that old lie that I believed when my dad left. And so we can tackle it, absolutely, this subject of rejection, but it's always important to understand that some of those lies that we've believed creep back up and the enemy loves to remind us of those old scripts so that we play them like a broken record over and over and over. But it's our choice whether we believe them or whether we absolutely reject the thoughts of rejection. Let me just say this. You're not unimportant and you're not overlooked by God. That's right. You may feel unimportant in your own eyes, eyes of others. You may feel like you're overlooked by everybody. You're not by God. But every now and then you need to hear that. See, we like the Holy Spirit to dress up in a person sometime. Yeah, you know, Holy Ghost is nice, but we like Holy Spirit in people. I can't people. wait to tell my husband. He, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Sometimes I like to be his Holy Spirit, so now I've been affirmed in that. There you go. <clears throat> so here's, here's what I want you to know. I'm saying to you what she said to me. You are, beyond description, a precious jewel to God. You may feel very unattractive. He didn't make a mistake. You're beautiful to him. And he wants you to understand how much he loves you, who you are, where you are, no matter where you've been or what you're dragging around. He wants to lighten the load. He wants to take you right up close to his heart, and he wants to share his heart with you, holding your heart, healing your heart, caring for your heart. And then he would like for you to put his arms around someone else that feels in so many ways like you, and you can be the healing bomb in their life. This is what Lisa's trying to help you with. The book is online. Uh, you can order it. You can go to the bookstores and get it. Or you can help us give someone a cup of water and say, would you mind sending it to me? And we'll be glad to send it to you because this is spiritual water. And we not only help physical needs, but we want to meet spiritual needs. So that's what we're trying to do in every way possible. I want to ask you right now to listen. I want you to hear the heart of God expressed through someone. And it's a plea. It's a cry, it's a request that we can miraculously be the answer to. If you've ever wanted to see a miracle, let's step one above that. Let's be a miracle right now in someone's life. We can be together, you can be.
miền trong bàn tự chạy hạt con chơi rồi ngày đi qua ra rừng con để bê con cào khôn đong đong chơi bu hay hay con đi cứ ri đi cào khôn ri ai để lục bài ở bàn này lại con chơi là mũi ở lùi mờ vi để chơi nó một tập ở thì không thêm một lại bị sập để âm môn nhầm con nhầm rượu lại cho nhầm tha con con anh nhầm chuyện một chuyện coi tôi chặt chuyện cho mua kem là miên lôi cái mờ vi chi đầu thì phải phạm nhầm vinh tham mai mai công chung nhìn dây thắt của mọi nhầm chung nhầm có tha nhầm bạn chung thích con Dear God, Betty, when you watch and listen to that mother, what's going on in your heart? Well, you know, my heart really goes out to that mother. My heart is touched by her broken heart. And she's so concerned now that she's lost her son that she's gonna lose her, her other baby. And that's so hard to, to really understand why just water would kill their babies. But if you could see that water, it is so contaminated. I wouldn't even take my children near water like that because I have clean water to offer them. Well, that's what they need. That's what she's asking for. That's what she's praying for. God, please send some clean water. And we have the opportunity to do that. We have the opportunity to drill the water wells and to, for the rest of their lives, they can have fresh, clean water, that that will be one problem solved that they won't have to worry about for their children, that they can drink and taste the clean water that's not so contaminated and diseased that it will kill them. But you know, one more important thing is the drilling rig. And without that, we can't drill the water wells. So both are so very important. I hope your heart has been touched enough. You'll say, I want to help with the drilling rig and the drilling of the wells. Please it, help it us. Takes four or five drilling rigs to do what we do to drill 500 water wells a year and with your help we'll finish 5,000 this year completed but one of the rigs has finally given up and uh, in order to get dozens more to complete the uh, 500 wells for this year we're going to have to have a $380,000 drilling rig and that means like immediately and this is the last week that we are able to ask for your help we just have to notify the missionaries the resources are there, get the drilling rig, here's the money, and that's what it takes. And when you see a mother cry out like that and know you've got the perfect solution, that's not an exaggeration. 
we will save the lives of her children and the people in her village. And they will rejoice as we've seen them, Betty, when that water comes up out of the ground. And it's the biggest joy experience you'll ever see. And we have done that 5,000 places. And we have inspired thousands of other churches and organizations to drill wells. So this is what we've been doing together. Now we need a miracle here during this last week. Would you right now just say, God, what do you want me to do? The wells cost $4,800 each. That's the average cost. Could you drill a well or give $1,200 or $2,400 and pray that somebody joins you? Whatever you can do, please know this. $48 gives 10 people water the rest of their life. So there's a level at which you can participate. If you can help us with that $380,000 rig, you might be able to give $10,000 toward it. Father, I pray if someone can, they will. And they'll rejoice to do it in Jesus' name. If you could give 1000 toward it, please do. Whatever you can do, we have some gifts to send you to help you and bless you in your life. But you're going to be giving the greatest gift. You're going to be giving someone life, water for life, and we're going to point them to the water of life that inspired your gift. Lifetoday.org, go online right now. Take your bank card or dial that number. Take your bank card, use it like a check. If you want to write a check and put it in the mail, make it to life. But call us, please, and tell us you're mailing it because we need to know. Thank you for doing it. Every day, children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven demonstrations of God's love today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. Additionally, just over $378,000 is needed to replace an old and failing drilling rig in Africa please consider an additional gift of $100 or more to get a desperately needed new rig in place as soon as possible. With your gift, we'll send you The Stream, a powerful new book by James Robison that charts a clear path for your personal revival and a spiritual revolution. With your gift of $100 or more, please request The Promises of God coffee mugs. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Let me just mention how much it means to mothers like the one you saw and to villages. It's just, it's beyond description. You know, we talked about saving her child's life and others. The love that you've shared over the years has saved the African governments tell us over 11 to 12 million lives in their, on their continent. It's a lot of little lives touched by love. If you'd like to have Lisa's book, Uninvited, not picked, but you're picked, we'd be glad to send it to you. Of course, you can get it online or in the bookstores. You help us give a cup of water. You want this book. We'll be sending it along with the other gifts we mentioned. Lisa's going to be with us for another program this week, but would you like to just thank her for being with us this program? Thank you, Lisa. Talk some more, okay? Thank you. Tell your friends to watch live today. See Lisa again in the next program, okay?
Have you ever felt left out, rejected, or uninvited? Lisa Turkhurst reminds us that perfect love never fails. Tomorrow on Life Today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.